So starting this thing off, just give us a little bit about what you do and why you do it. Great. So I help people come back to their blueprints. And for anybody that's not familiar to that, it's basically the codes that you incarnated back to give to the world. Maybe your calling work, maybe your heart's desire. But before trying to find that and actually wanting to give that, we have many basanas. So let's say that you were meant to help people come out of their traumas or whatnot. It's a healer blueprint, but you still haven't traveled or haven't found a partner or haven't made your money or haven't. So I help people get to their basanas, manifest all the things they want in the physical. So I can actually, I don't do it. They come back to realizing that that's not fulfilling and then they want to be of service. Mm -hmm. I see. So, yeah. That's cool. So these blueprints, I don't actually know much about it. Are they like archetypes that we are just kind of born with? They're kind of, they're, they're in our karma in a way. And that blueprint is a blueprint for our purpose here? Yes. So it, there's blueprint and there's karmic imprint. So the blueprint is like when we come up like these beautiful deconditioned babies, we're like, oh, we know what we have to do here. Mm -hmm. And then get yeah, the conditioning from the ancestral lineage and our families and moms and dads and whatnot. So it's to find that karmic imprint, whatever we're conditioning to, may it be lack, may it be unworthiness may it be actually all of the beliefs of conditionings are based in fear of being unworthy or fear of lacking something so that's like the base the condition so but there are many layers of of karmic imprints so we try to find that virus or that code that it's hijacked kind of thing as if our mind was like this really cool computer ai so to take out the virus through a series of reflections and practices and whatnot and then what shines true is what you truly are, which is the blueprint. It's like if you were meant to be an artist, if you were meant to be a singer, if you were meant to be a healer, whatever it is, we're all healers, but you know, one that takes a role more like, oh, I'm going to be a coach kind of thing. But yeah, it's finding out your passion. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. I think the world needs a lot more of that. And that's for sure. <laughs> I think we're, we're lacking that direction, that sense of uh, purpose in our lives. But we, I think we do all innately have it. I think if we are born... If we're born, we're a human being here, um, I do believe there's a purpose for everybody being here. And that might sound a little corny, but I think it's true. I really do believe that if you're, if you're here, there's no accidents in, in the divine plan. So it's just up to all of us to be able to find that, like go within and actually find that sort of intuitive direction. And then once you get the, once you get the hint, I feel like, uh, I don't want to say it's easy. I was going to say it's easy, but it's not easy from there. But it's like, a little smoother. I guess the path of life is a little bit smoother and there's there's a sense of a flow state that one can attune themselves to. And um, it doesn't make it easier, but it makes it easier to bear. If that makes sense? Like all the, all the happenings in our life, it makes it a little easier to bear knowing that innately deep down, no matter what happens on the movie screen of our life, we have this kind of underlying reason to be here and to, to bear everything that comes about in our life. You know what I mean? Yes, completely. And that's what it is, uh, allowing that flow state. So mm -hmm. I would like to add kind of when we actually allow that flow state, doing something we love, the other manifestations, the thing that a lot of people come to me for like, oh, I want the partner or I want the money. I want this just come 
because you're just like in the flow state of what you love. So you become passion and then passion chases you. So then in the frequency of the miraculous or like instant manifestation abundance. Yeah. But yeah, it's a flow back and forth. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a flow. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's almost like a, here's another buzzword. It's almost like a, a rebirth, but it's not like a physical rebirth, but it's like a rebirth in your perspective on what it actually means to be here. It seems what it means to, be a, a working human being here you know that's how i see it at least it's uh less resistance to here we go again less resistance to the happenings of life you know it's easier to bear in this flow state um yeah so how did you get on this wavelength where does this all where did this all come from for you oh such a question i'm like well i was born <laughs> um i get suffering just like mm-hmm being that person that goes from the resistance and then also getting into this quest and part of enlightenment and then making the person the ego realize it the ego thinking it was enlightened and then there are many layers to that and then coming back to my human being like so let's just enjoy the journey let's just experience because a lot of that took me to a spiritual bypassing and then not wanting to face the world so what you were mentioning about it makes it easier to bear. It's like the codes to be in the world, but out of it at the same time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was always in the extremes, right? Like, oh, I'm going to be really in the world. And then I was just smashing my head on the wall and not literally, but nothing seemed to happen and nothing seemed to flow. And then I was like, I'm not going to be in the world. Fuck the world. I'm just going to be a monk in the Himalayas. And then I was like, that also isn't it. So just being an extreme sense, you know what? I just need to be a humble human. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the yeah. middle way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not either extreme. It's kind of, you tread both, you use both of those polarities that you described, but I feel like, um, yeah, it doesn't serve, well, I mean, personally speaking, it doesn't serve me to go to either extreme in that what you just described, you know, the complete ascetic or complete hedonist somewhere in the middle (laughs) exactly yeah yeah i don't know i'm a libra too so that's why i probably resonate more with that the balance always but i think balance is important in anybody's life doesn't matter what your astrological sign is i think balance is important um yeah yeah so yeah i mean it comes from like you said, you're suffering, right? You had to realize that there was another way to go about this. And the other way to go about this is like you said, you know, go through, go through the darkness, figure out what you, what you really need, I guess, in this human incarnation. And what you probably came to find is that what you need is a, a creative purpose, right? A creative purpose to give back. So, yeah. I mean, would you say that is the path to happiness, the path to a sense of uh, fulfillment in one's life, a a sort of satisfaction is to, in whatever way, whatever our dharma is, is to find out like a a sense of selflessness in one's life, a a sense of servitude? Mm, Beautiful question. I love that. I would say it is finding meaning out of meaninglessness and again that sounds like but i'm using my 
it's a type of the integration what you call balance i'm, I'm a leo so a lot of fire <laughs> but not but and it's if we're in passion if we're doing what we love right and it usually a sense of meaning also comes to give meaning to our suffering. So I'm like, okay, I went through all this suffering, all my wound, all my conditioning. What can I use out of this to like be of service to the world? So it not only makes you be in passion, but it makes you, it like tricks the psyche into being like, oh, everything you went through was also for it. And then you see somebody being happy out of you co-creating wisdom out of your suffering. So for like that feeling, it's like priceless. It's yeah. Like, oh. It was worth it to be in hell because now I can bring heaven to people. Mm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like you had to transmutate that energy of your own suffering into into love, essentially, into compassion. Obviously, it's easier said than done, but I think that's the gist of this whole thing. It's like, how can we love through our suffering? I think the whole human experience is that. It's like, we're all going through shit. Like, we're all suffering in one way or the other, or we have suffered in one way or the other. So it's like, how we deal with it, what our perspective is on the suffering. And then from that changing of perspective, the conscious perspective, you change and reorient your actions from that the best of your ability. That's how I see the path put in a very simplistic manner. It's like you change up the way you see the world in your life. And then once you get that different viewpoint, you get a different kind of reorientation in your actions that are ideally selfless or sattvic, as one would say. And then from there, as the story goes, you, you don't build karma and then you actually don't suffer as much. Like you personally, as in the self and other people as well, you know, whatever your action is. That's how I see it, putting it very simply. I think that is the path. Would you agree? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Same thing, different words. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sharing it's, that. Go ahead. Um, sharing that in the state of flow just brings that happiness. And I wouldn't call it like servitude or like selflessness. And it's, it transcends selflessness and selfishness. It's both at the same time yeah. because it's kind of selfish to just do what I love, but then what I love brings happiness to people because I'm not trying to save them. I'm just happy and it radiates. So then it becomes just like an extension of your joy and you're just like a, a walking gift. <laughs> a walking gift. I like that. Yeah. Most, most of the people I work with come with the sense of my own deepest wound, which was unworthiness. So I love empowering them into believing that they are the gift and they're worthy of existing and being here. Because you mentioned something about the monks or somebody that's already in a space of true freedom. They don't need to say it. But with the people that come into my field, they don't really even know that it's okay for them to exist. So it's like telling them their gift. It's like, wow, really? Okay. I'm a gift. Okay. So they feel a bit more empowered to start doing creative work. And then it's not about their karma or their suffering. That's just how I truly explain the blueprint thing, but it's about them feeling worthy of speaking. Some people have the throat chakra so blocked. They don't feel like coming to YouTube, make a video. Do Those things are like so out of their at least in my world, that's what I experience with clients. It's like so out of their field of imagination. And yeah. that's why I think that's the the, the, what, the gem I was given to transmute because I feel like every being of 
in their blueprints, they get assigned a part of the collective. So it's like, okay, everybody that feels unworthy of existing, like I did for many years, it's like, okay, now I can show you that it's okay for you to mm -hmm. ask yourself and feel confident and be alive. And it's, it's subtle. It's not like arrogance. It's not like shyness. It has to be like a humble confidence kind of thing. But first it needs to be asserted. And then it can disappear into the nothingness of being like, okay, I'm nobody, no one, nothing. I don't need to even speak. I don't need to say I'm, I have a gift. But first, it's good for them to, to feel like they, they have something so they yeah. can motivate it to even get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so sad to hear. I believe it, though, because I was, you know, I've been at a dark place before in my life. So yeah. I feel that. I understand. It's just so sad to hear that mm -hmm. people just don't want to live. I believe it, though. Yeah, that's the first step is at least like, yeah wanting to live and then yeah all of that re the rest of the hubbub that i explained that comes later but yeah just 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 be wanting to be here and wanting to have this experience and all its ups and downs that's the first step yeah finding like a sense of uh yeah like a sense of purpose just to just to simply just be here even we, we can get into creative purpose which we already did but just to simply like exist and to have this human experience yeah we need that that's for sure so how do you direct people to that? What is, um, if you found this like common denominator of people just simply not wanting to live, not wanting to be here, what is your kind of, what is your blueprint <laughs> for success with people? It's different with everybody, but tuning into their heart's desire because it's about opening the heart uh -huh. and then all the wounds come up and then traumas from past lifetimes come up and then I ask... I, I connect with their higher selves and then I never know what I'm saying. I just download questions and they open up and there's a release. I think every healing is a type of release mm -hmm. and then they can shine more into their light and then it happens. I see. So you pretty much just hold space for people and then from there you're like an intuitive channel for them. Mm -hmm. Almost like a reflection. Well, we are, we're all reflections. Yeah. But I guess so. I don't even speak. It's not like I coach them. They they coach themselves. I'm just asked questions to bring them back to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is, I just went to like the hell of, of, of the human psyche of like, oh, I, I'm depressed. But there's also people, as you were mentioning, that were already in that space of no one, no, no mine. And then it's about like, oh, I want to be grounded in the world. And so it's everything, right? It's a beauty. It's so much range of mm -hmm. personalities. So have you always been on this wavelength? I, I'm guessing no. So that's what I want to know. It's like what what uh what was the like light bulb moment to know that you almost had this ability to do this, this in, this intuitive power to guide others? Oh, just COVID had nothing to do. It was just logging. <laughs> you said COVID? Yeah. And so I started making videos. This is nothing to do. It's just like, oh, okay just started doing it and then i never stopped <laughs> oh, that's cool well yeah everything happens for a reason i guess right same thing with me yeah i started doing this because um it was around the covid time just started to everybody was on zoom so i was like you know i'm gonna do this too i'm gonna get on zoom and create my own podcast reach out to people mm -hmm. and uh yeah here i am still doing it so yeah covid changed the world in a lot of different ways um, i think it was some kind of uh I don't know, some kind of like download into the simulation, if you want to look at it like that. Like it changed up a lot of people's uh, 
paradigm of the world. Rather than, I mean, it, on the physical level, you know, there was a lot of sickness and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fear that it was involved. But I think there was something that happened that I, I think we're still processing in the subconscious, in this, in this greater consciousness that we all exist in. Something, something happened. Something switched. And like I said, we're still digesting it. We're still kind of living in the remnants of it. But I don't know. Something, something went on that that year, in 2020, and. Uh, I think it was getting back to the point how we started kind of <clears throat> it's all how we decided to transmutate that energy it's like it was like a point it was like a gateway and if some I think some passed the test in a way to get through and transmutate that energy into like creative pursuits and some just stayed in that latent fear that was so uh that was just so present at that time it was almost like, a, in a way, almost like an initiatory process for a lot of people, it seems. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making up stories in my head, but that's what it seems like for my life and, you know, other people that I speak to. It seems like it's like, what did we do during that time? And then what we did during that time is kind of, it either made you, it was making you or breaking you. So, I mean... I don't, yeah, like I said, it's all about perspective. And it's all about how we transmutate the energy of the world and ourselves and how we go forth from it. Yeah. 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 Um, trying to think. What else do I got to ask? I don't know. I said you to ask. This was, I love what you said about the stories. Everything is a story making, isn't it? It's like really in my paradigm, I, I see like we're just characters living in a storybook and it's like, oh, what story do I want to play today? What's the scene I want? Yeah. Co-creating that. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that, right? Like this, at least once you get that glimpse of a different perspective is that your life is a story to other people. It is to yourself, but in a way, it is to other people. And that could be looked at as the ego, right? Right Right now, to a lot of people, I'm just an image on a screen, and I'm just a voice. Um, and that could be seen as the ego. That could be seen as the story. And I think awakening in a certain way is is realizing that we are the story or we're a character in other people's stories in a way. And that goes along with the servitude. It's like, how do you want to use the character? Do you want to be uh, like, how do you want to portray yourself? But it's like without even thinking of yourself as the character, if that makes sense. It's like, it's like stay cognizant that mm. we are this. I'm just a, I'm just a character to you. But really, behind the scenes, we're the same thing. So it's both. We, we play this, we play our roles here. We, but we play our roles knowing that there's this kind of innate interconnectivity between me, you, and the listener. It's this constant almost back and forth between the two different perspectives or layers of what it means to be a human being. And yes, then life becomes... A story that we seem to write right we have the freedom to write it how we want to write it but this is where it gets peculiar right we have the freedom and realize that i'm just a story like the story of gary the story of nicole right 
And you can write it really however you want to write it. We have no bounds yet. There is a surrender to a certain kind of direction and guidance in that. It's peculiar, right? Like we have the free will. I know I can do whatever I want. Like I can go run around the streets naked if I wanted to. <laughs> that's that's just an extreme. But what I'm saying is we we use that free will, that liberation to surrender to a greater force, a greater force of love that one could say. And in that, that I think leads us to a sense of purpose, like a sense of effortless flow here. It's peculiar, right? Yes. How beautiful. It's a state of surrender, will and surrender, masculine and feminine. The will emerged with divine will, which is how I like to see everybody just merging divinity with the human. Then it's just surrendering to that. So it's both and neither. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's always both and neither. It's always this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the dance here, though. That's the dance. Yeah. And to be so serious all the time, you can all just like be dancing and laughing. But you were mentioning before, like a world where everybody's attuned into that passion, their excitement or their blueprint, whatever we want to call it. Then it's like peace, world peace, because everybody's happy and passionate and sharing their joy. And then the interconnectivity balances everything out. So all the resources are balanced, all like there's just abundance. There's just love. There's just friendship. There's just service. Mm -hmm. That's the world I see. But again, it's just a projection. And I, this is so cool because I'm like, this is all back to Nisarkarata Mahara and these teachings. And there's like, but tell me the world that needs saving when you're fully in your healed self or your authentic self. And that's like, all we have to do is be happy. Like if I'm happy, you're happy and we eradicate that. That's it. Like there's no need to save anybody. Exactly. It just creates itself. Yep. Yeah. We save ourselves to save the world. And that's really the only yeah. way that we do it too. There's no other way. Like you can't like you can't be the savior. You can't be the Messiah. It doesn't work like that. So yeah. Really, yeah, truly the most powerful thing that we could do is to just be our own Messiah in a way, be our mm-hmm. own savior. And um, yeah, that's it's in that way. It's actually uh, simple. It's cool that it's like that. It's like, oh, I don't I don't even though there is like a sense of like I want to give back. I, I just innately I love people like I want to love people. And I wish I could save the world. Like, I really do. I wish I could save the world right now. I wish I could just go like this and there's no suffering, right? But it doesn't work like that. That's not in the rule book. So the the greatest thing that I could do is work on myself and that saves the world. Yeah, and that's all you really need to do. All of us, all of us really just need to find that, getting back to it, that innate purpose. And that is truly how we make the world a better place. It's beautiful. Uh, I can always share my journey and whoever feels aligned with that beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. an ongoing process too. I see it as just like a um I don't know, it's like it the journey never ends. Like there's never like for me at least it, it's not like I'm I'm here and I realized why I'm here and that's it. I saved myself, I saved the world. If anything, that seems like the beginning of the journey, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That seems like the start of the story (laughs) the start of the story really seems to start when you realize it's a story (laughs) and you realize that you are holding uh, holding the pen 
and uh, that's when the fun starts. Yeah, that's when the, we get that kumbaya state that you that you pictured. But it's that not outwardly, like not we're obviously not there on the outside world. But you can, you know, Jesus said it: the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within. We do we save ourselves first, and we find that kingdom of heaven within, and then thus it just flows effortlessly outwardly. And yeah. there's no attachment to the outwardness. It's just kind of like once you know and you have that kind of like fortitude within. That's truly, yeah, I feel like that's all you need. And I'm not there, like, perfect. I'm not a perfect, enlightened being, you know? But at least I know that that is, like, a uh, an aspiration in a way. That's, like, a, um, it's a it's a good ideal to hold in one's, in one's back of the mind is to know that, like, I don't know, I can always attune to that state of, that state of heavenly, consciousness within that state of pure stillness within it's always there it's always there no matter what that's mm -hmm. um that's great you know like that's um that almost is being saved in a way to have that that different light even though the light isn't always on per se like i can't i you know i get lost in the sauce of the world like i get kind of sucked into like whatever the drama may be sometimes here and there either way there's always that sanctuary of the self that one yeah. can always retreat to, no matter what, no matter who it is, where they are, you can always retreat back into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's like wondering about like who's what's witnessing the whole chaos, right? Like that light, like yeah. Always there. Like, and when once we have that, I guess like baseline, doesn't matter what happens, it's going back to how we deal with reality, right? Or reality, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> reality. reality. Yeah and the pain and the suffering it's everything so it's like once we have that background i feel that anything can come and go and then we just have that stillness too even while yeah. there's movement so exactly it's like impossible to kind of like explain it just gotta like experience it and there's also so much more to anchor and embody and integrate but it becomes fun because now it's like this I would say it would be the state of being a conscious co-creator. Once you realize, realize you're like an aspect of God consciousness, you don't have to be perfect, but simultaneously you're a perfect unfolding of yeah. an absoluteness in your relative life. So yeah, it's it's just you're becoming, you're living in the passionate excitement flow. And that's the sweet spot. I feel like everybody can aspire to instead of, oh, I want to be enlightened. It's just, no, just, just have fun and be happy and or not or suffer and but be okay with that too and deal with it and then go out of it and create something cool out of it you know it's mm -hmm. having fun with that kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah so how do you attune yourself to this is do you have meditation do you have any kind of sort of yoga practice or what do you have you know do you do you have a way to attune yourself to the flow you know what lately i i got this reflection just being magnetized and just wonderful beings in my reality and one of them told me that, and this really resonated, it was community, vibration, nourishment, movement, service, mindfulness. So mm -hmm. just a balance of all of those aspects into one. Like every day I, community, I share with people I love. Every day nourish, I eat the foods that I enjoy. Every day service, I do an act of service. It doesn't have to be like a video. It can be an act of kindness. Um, I forgot what it was. Mindfulness, something that nourishes my mind, maybe meditation or listening to an audiobook that I enjoy, or a number five, um, connection, set community, vibration. Yeah, like mm. 
music that I enjoy listening to. Like we're here to experience like a vibration of perhaps something that it's going to make me feel like this is, this is how I want to paint my reality and uh, movement. Well, I don't do yoga, but I enjoy dancing. So I like to do ecstatic dance or just move my body or twerk in the mirror for fun. <laughs> That's yoga. You're getting the bodily, you know, you're getting okay. the energy going. That's so cute. Yeah. Just twerk in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a thing, right? It's got to be twerking yoga out there. There's gonna be yeah, some, sure. like, some kind of like ecstatic dance yoga. I mean, it is yoga in a way. I see yoga asana as just a very slow dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's cool. I feel like all of those relate to vibration. I feel like the only thing that I would um I would say is that like vibration is what was one of those tenets. But I feel like all of those relate to good vibrations in your life. You know, right? Yeah, it really just comes down to how I see it. Like a, having a healthy not only diet and your food, but like an energetic diet. Just make sure that you're you're letting in the right things in your life, and then thus you you let out the right things from that you know we we're, human beings are like a conduit of energy so if we if we take in the right stuff we're gonna give out the right stuff so yeah i mean you know you know the deal surround yourself with good vibes man it's we've heard it before we know we know how it goes but it's like you got to know what the good vibes are and i think once you go inside and you, you attune yourself to that that sort of intuition you know what's up just off the bat like you know if somebody's got some bad vibes or some thing or some food even i can tell the vibration of food you know or, or like a, a song like i just you can just have this kind of it's like a sixth sense when you know what's good for you what's not good for you um it's like a superpower you know what i mean yeah power of choice the power of choice yeah power of choice. so it is uh -huh. it's like we gotta have the power to choose before like creating the life before i didn't have the power to choose due to the conditioning right because we have free will, but in my journey, my quest, my conditioning made me choose all the rope. Well, made me. I made myself. This was part of me. Choose all the things that were self-sabotage, right? It wasn't nourishing me, but I thought it was giving me pleasure. It was just a payoff of receiving the hit of pain and suffering. So I think that's the beauty of healing into a space where you can choose consciously. Okay, this is the life I want to live. This is the food I want to have. This is the friends I want to surround myself with. This is the service I want to give to the world. And some people... I just blessed with the power of choice. I wasn't one of them. It took me like 10 years of like hell to be like, oh, I can choose. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I feel like we're all blessed with the power of choice, this inner discernment from a young age, this inner kind of purity. And we get molded out of that. We get conditioned into a world that isn't ours, essentially. We get conditioned into a world of um, not knowing how to find that inner discrimination that inner discernment that we all have and then we have to find it again we have to like come back into it i think this awakening process is just something we come back to it's not like we get anything anew, anew in ourselves. we just remember our innate abilities and our innate uh uh powers i guess if you want to say powers that we all have within us and uh yeah from there yeah that's when the fun starts but it's not fun as in like what we think of fun in our in our world, you know, it's not like, because the, the popular idea of fun, how I see it, right? The popular paradigm is that we chase our pleasures, right? We chase uh, satisfying our senses, the five senses, right? To a certain degree. And that's how the world wants to sell you uh, a sense of peace and happiness, I guess, like, you know, continually. And that's what our mind does. Our mind tells us we got to keep chasing our, 
our um, our innate just satisfy our senses, right? Our, our innate pleasures of the human experience. But those always come to pass. We always, you know, we always get what we want to a certain extent. And then afterwards, it's like, huh, still feel that like kind of lack, right? I'm speaking for personal experience before I knew this whole wavelength of awakening was a thing. Like it always be like, there would always be like something like a hole that I was trying to fill. And I was trying to fill it with my five senses in a way. And it just would never, never add up. Maybe in the moment, I'd feel like this, this momentary pleasure. But as we know, everything is impermanent here. Everything yeah. comes and goes. So I think that's what led me down and a lot of people down this path. And that is essentially suffering. What we're describing is Buddhism right now. And yeah. that's, the, that's Buddhism. It's like realizing the impermanence of everything that we think is going to bring us permanent happiness when actuality it's not. So I find that this path is, um, it's not ignoring those things either. It's not like completely shooing away the human experience, but it's not letting those things dictate how we act. Because I don't know about you, but back in the day, I used to, oh, my thing just said internet no, connection is unstable. Can you hear me? We good? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but back in the day, right, I used to be um, almost dictated by trying to satisfy the pleasures of the human experience, right? I used to like just do things just to simply, I don't know, maybe just like all of my actions would be just according to wanting to feel good and not feel bad, right? I thought that's what kind of life was all about, a very base level sacral chakra living. Um, one can come to find that that's not the way, that's not the path to certain sense of peace and happiness so once you do find the way it's like we don't negate those things but we don't let those things be the master right we find out that like uh we're the captain of the ship in a way and we we use those i guess we described this in the beginning like we use those egotistical tendencies as as just like another tool in the toolbox in a way to further hopefully a sense of selfless service to other people or just a sense of finding out what your purpose is like what you what actually brings you a sense of happiness that is beyond those five senses um it's like yeah getting back to it man this is the this seems to be the theme of the the theme of the conversation is we transmutate that energy we transfigure ourselves we become the alchemist to those energies and have that inner discernment that choice the power of choice to either listen or not listen to uh the, those innate uh i guess desires and then from there we act according and then we find out what is maybe permanent here i don't know if you even want to call it permanent but we, what is um a little bit more of a lasting joy you know what i mean yeah um yeah and it's not in our pleasures it's not in our desires yeah that's dukkha yeah. dukkha <laughs> buddhism 101 right there yeah Full circle service back to finding everybody's blueprints. It's like, okay, once you realize that the money wasn't going to make you happy, the travels, the, the ideal partner, the beautiful foods, the beautiful, delicious foods, beautiful views, like any sense pleasure. It's like, now what? Like, just now what? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's what you come to. It's like, now what? Now what? We're always chasing yeah. that. We're always chasing that. And then we get to the now what? Well, now what? But 
it's not that's not the way that's not that's not the way i don't know now what <laughs> I like that. I like service that. people happy you can't make people happy but radiating happiness so people can tune into their own happiness that's mm -hmm. cool yeah i see that radiation of happiness as like um a no strings attached kind of offering to people it's sort mm. of like you just you're just being you and if you if the other person is attuned to that they're open they have their door open in a way then it'll if it resonates it resonates is what i'm trying to say but it's like you're not yeah. trying to you're not trying to save the world like we said before you're not trying to exactly. change anybody effortless effortless flow yeah. that's it effortless flow yes mm -hmm. that's it <sighs> well i mean i don't have anything else to ask um anything else to say really i think we covered a lot of ground here yeah. do you have any last words anything you want to say I'm just, thank you for having me in, inviting me to have the, the Conscious Perspective podcast by... There it is. Sorry, Haskin. <laughs> there it is. I might have to use that as my intro now. <laughs> I like it. Well, that, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on here and uh, doing this with me, sharing your time, effort, wisdom, and energy. And uh, wish you all the best. Keep doing your thing. I think this was cool. Uh, definitely insightful. And uh, yeah, keep doing your thing. Beautiful, sweet. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> Peace. Peace.